everybody, I am Ninki Kivid and you are listening to the Chronic Movie Lover Podcast, the show where I mix my obsessive love for movies and TV shows with my struggles of living with chronic pain. In this episode, I will be talking about my own coping mechanism, you know, the advantages, the disadvantages, etc. Okay, so let's start with telling you guys uh, what a coping mechanism is, if there are any listeners that don't know what it is exactly. So coping is a concept from psychology, which refers to the way someone deals with problems and stress. It involves dealing with all types of ongoing stressors, such as unemployment, divorce, pain, war, etc. So I've been using my coping mechanism for the past 15 years now. Um, I wouldn't say it's completely bulletproof. Trust me, I get hit with multiple bullets, sometimes multiple a day, sometimes only one a month or a week. I can say that my coping mechanism doesn't involve any self-harm, or at least most of the time. Let's just say it isn't leading in my coping mechanism, self-harm, okay? So for anybody... It's not a leading thing that I do to be able to cope with my chronic pain. Um, so I know this this sounds bad, you know, and it is, and it probably is. You know, using any kind of self harm is bad. It's not, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but trust me, it can always be worse. Which um, my self harm that I did, um, I'm not doing it anymore. I haven't been doing it for a very long time, so it can always be worse. Okay, so let's just begin and explain the things that I do or, you know, the things that are a part of my coping mechanism. Uh, the ver- the only thing in my coping mechanism that is the most in my way right now is sugar, uh, which is now you know, a full-blown sugar addiction. As in, if I stop eating sugar... I get really bad headaches, I become exhausted, all the symptoms of withdrawal basically, I get. Um, and I want to stop, and I've tried multiple times when I'm in a good period of my life, and then I lose weight, I feel so much better about myself, you know, starting to love myself again, smiling again when I look in the mirror and I start wearing actual clothes instead of sweatpants and oversized sweaters. And then my ankle steps on it again. Hard. And I lose that feeling all over again. I start eating sugar. And I'm back where I started. It just helps take my mind of it all a little bit. That's why, you know, I, I do eat sugar. And I, you know, make you feel better, whatever. Gives you a sugar high. So I eat and eat and drink. Also, like, lots of lots of soda. I just hope that, you know, someday I have the ultimate motivation that I can actually stop and and keep it that way. Like, even now, I have things that I'm looking forward to in the summer. And um, I've been trying to quit sugar and I've been trying to, you know, work out a little bit more and, you know, take care of my body, make it look like at least some thing like I want it to look like. But... Like, no, it's not always working. And, you know, I have a few months to, like, get back into it. But I just don't like it. And I don't know how to get rid of it. 
or at least slow it down a bit if those are the right words to like explain that i don't know <laughs> but yeah this, this is the biggest part of my coping mechanism that i want to quit doing but i don't really know how because it obviously still helps me uh, another big portion of my coping mechanism is, of course, watching movies and TV shows. Obviously, that's also why I started this podcast in the first place. <laughs> and, I mean, they still are. And they probably always will be. It is probably quite obvious why I watch so many series and TV shows. It's a great way to escape reality. And it does really work for me. So much so that, you know, if I want to focus on work or on school work or anything I do... I do that way better while watching something so that I can let my mind escape everything for just a little bit. Because, you know, obviously my ankle hurts when I'm um, working on like a school project or something. It still hurts while I'm working on it. So it really helps me to like just put on a TV show or a movie on my TV or, I don't know, on my computer and do the work while the movie or the TV show is playing and then still work at the same time. It does look like, obviously, when you're actually at work, like actual work work, it does look like you're not focusing fully on your work because, obviously, I know that that's important. But to me, it's quite difficult because while I'm watching a TV show, I'll focus way better on the work that I'm supposed to be doing. But I can't always do that because it's, obviously, it needs a lot of explaining. I can't just, like put on some Netflix on my computer and just start doing the work without anybody thinking like what the hell is she doing like she thinks she can just watch a movie while she's at work you know all that kind of stuff it's it's really really hard I can focus for like maybe 10 minutes without the pain coming up and then it's there and it's hard to focus on anything else unless you know I can escape so if I can watch a show or a movie for a couple of seconds or minutes, it helps me push down the pain and focus on my work again. It sounds very complicated, probably, but it does really help me. I study for exams this way, uh, make my homework this way, and know I don't get bad grades, um, write my podcast, podcast scripts, excuse me, my podcast scripts this way and I write my books etc everything I do while having some sort of movie or tv show on um you know I also watch a movie or tv show in bed on my phone so that it's easier for me to fall asleep even it's so weird that this helps me but it actually really does in so many ways it's just that you know I can't use this coping mechanism without um, or this part of my coping mechanism without like an explanation to the people that you know I surround myself with unless obviously it's like in my own room watching a tv show and still doing the work that I'm you know doing um, another way for me to escape reality is reading my favorite genre is fantasy romance or just fantasy actually about the same as it is with movies I love fantasy fantasy romance um all that kind of stuff. Um, I also read literary fiction, uh, the classics, of course, and lots of essay collections and memoirs. Memoirs, wow. Mostly because I'm writing um, an essay collection for myself, so I read those for uh, research. But you know, they're also really, really interesting. <laughs> um, reading doesn't always work as well as watching movies. 
so I do it a bit less. Um, I really love to read more, but obviously reading also, you know, you need to focus more than when you're just watching something. So sometimes on my really, really bad days or just bad days, um, it's kind of hard for me to read. And also I'm tired a lot, like technically 24-7 as well. So sometimes when I'm like really, really tired, when I have like a full day at work, it's kind of hard for me to focus on just reading. So yeah, I wish I, I, I was able to do reading a bit more, but it's just not the way I want it to be, you know? But yeah, I still do it. I still love it, obviously. I am a writer, so reading is kind of important to me as well, because if you don't read, it's kind of hard to write. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, reading doesn't always work, as I said, as well as watching movies. Um, it's probably because I'm also, you know, chronically tired, like I said, and it takes more energy to read than to watch, obviously. Um, and the reading helps me with the next thing I do to cope, which is writing. Um, I've always loved writing, but when I started writing about how I felt and what what was going on, you know, the things I didn't want to tell anyone, but actually had to, uh, found out even though I might not share all my feelings with my family, uh, and friends, I at least, you know, have a way to put them somewhere instead of keeping them inside of me, which is not a good idea because then eventually you will explode, which is not fun for yourself or anybody else around you. You know, I write, you know, whole books about chronic pain and my life with chronic pain. So, yeah, and that's what I'm probably going to keep doing because it does help me. It's hard. Don't get me wrong, because I have to write down what I feel. I actually have to write down what I feel, which is not a thing that comes easy to me because I already have trouble telling people how I feel, even if it's, you know, just my parents. Like, I feel like I can't do this or I feel like I am just not in it today or whatever. I don't even tell that to my parents. So writing it down and actually writing it down in a way that everybody can kind of understand what it's like to feel is so difficult but not undoable otherwise I wouldn't be doing it obviously <laughs> so yeah um, the next thing is obviously this podcast um, it's another way for me to try and deal with my chronic pain you know it's, it's almost kind of like therapy you know I'm technically talking to myself and then also talking to all of you I'm um, whoever all of you are. <laughs> Strangely enough, every time I do an episode that it's a little heavier than others, like for example this one, I mean it's not that heavy as it as it actually is, but this is a heavy episode according to like documentary recommendations or my favorite TV shows or whatever. Um, it does make me feel a bit better, you know, after I've done a heavy episode and you know talking about my feelings and telling people what I've been going through. Or telling you guys, people, you guys, what I've been going through. Um, you know, preparing for the episode is hard. I have to write the script and trying to find the words for what I'm feeling. And recording isn't always easy either. But you know, when I put an episode online and I see people listen to it, that makes me feel a little relieved and I guess proud. I mean, I don't really get any feedback on the episodes nobody's ever like sent like a message to me on you know I've been feeling the same or you know I've been going through this too or whatever but I think I know that um 
that's what they think or feel or whatever i've never had like also like bad people sending me uh, messages like what the fuck is this what are you talking about this is such bullshit you're lying or whatever so as long as i don't get negative messages i'm cool i don't need to get the positive messages about like you know this is such a good thing that you've been you know sharing this with everybody and putting this out into the world or whatever i don't need those as long as i don't get the negative messages either <laughs> the last thing um that is part of my coping mechanism um is talking or therapy obviously same thing not really (laughs) i am good with talking i'm just not good with talking about how i feel and burden other people with my problems why should i you know they can help me fix my problem nobody can and i know what you're thinking now listening can already help ninka i know i mean i figured it out eventually i went to therapy because i didn't see any other option and it actually really helped me a lot I am nowhere near okay, or perfect, I should say, but it did help me to get where I am now. Um, Without the therapy, I don't think I would be where I am now. It got me out of this permanent dark hole, and I still go to that dark hole. I'm not better yet, Uh, but I'm not in there permanently, and that really helped me to, you know, after so many years in pain and losing hope to still keep going for me it was really important to feel safe with my therapist and i was very very lucky with the therapist that i had um yeah so she really helped me to probably um like i said to you know be where i am now i think that if i didn't went through that whole therapy um i didn't do it for like very very long must say i think it was i know i can't think of it was like a year it felt like a year but that might just be me but i think it was about a year at least at least at least a few months like every every tuesday i remember i did it when i was still working um the therapy was all before i started this next um school course whatever um so yeah it was like a few years back but it did really help me to um I guess maybe go back to school, study what I wanted to study, um, you know, being able to actually realize that I'm okay on this level because obviously the level of school before this was a little bit lower um, and I'm still here and I'm doing great at school. And yes, I have my awesome days, obviously, but uh, unfortunately there are still more bad days than there are good days. Like even now in my internship that I'm on, um, I had to tell them that the traveling was too, too much. And, you know, they were okay with it, which was really, really great because I was actually, I'm so scared telling people that I'm, um, how do you say it? Um, handicapped? I don't know. Um, to tell them that, you know, I can't come the full four days. And that they were saying like, well, then, you know, we we don't need you or whatever. And I know it's just an internship. It's not an actual job, but it's really scary to me especially when I actually am starting a job but what I also figured out is that I thought for a very long time that I was only going to be able to work part-time and now I figured out that I can probably work full-time it's just three days at the office and two days at home that would really help me and that would be make me be able to work full-time instead of just part-time because I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to do 
the things that I want to do because I was only able or going to be able to work part time and, you know, earn less money. But that's not the case now. So every bad thing has a good thing to it. Like every disadvantage has an advantage, whatever. So, yeah. Okay. Go back to my coping mechanism. Um, the advantages is that, you know, a lot of the things I can do easily. Um, they can be added to your normal daily life. You're like reading, watching a movie, hosting a podcast. And, you know, there's nothing really that hurts me in any other way. Obviously, be- when I started this podcast, I was talking about self-harm. Yes, I did. I didn't cut myself or did anything. But whenever I was like very angry or in a pain, maybe a little bit depressed, I would like hit something on the table really hard or I would let something fall on my hand a couple of times so that that would bruise or hurt and I would sometimes think about doing other stuff I never did those those things I would sometimes think about cutting myself but I never ever did um I didn't fall that far back luckily um so yeah um that's nothing really that hurts me in any way in any other way wow especially now um, my therapist even said that I could do this for the rest of my life, the coping mechanism that I do have. Um, I'm not sure about that, but, you know, maybe, maybe I will forever, you know, need certain things to be able to, you know, get on with my life and, you know, keep on going, which is what I've been doing for the past, what is it, 14, 15 years now. But, you know, eventually, especially when you've been doing it ever since you were like, what, nine Sometimes you just want to, like, not need anything to be able to keep going, you know? You just want to keep going, basically. And then my coping mechanism, wow, does have some disadvantages. You know, I have a really hard time focusing on work when I can escape into a movie or TV show, which is annoying. Um, which means, you know, I basically have to watch something while I work, which is, if people don't get the full story, like I already told you, really inappropriate to do. Um, and this can look, you know, like I said, very unprofessional and it's hard to explain to, you know, my managers, my bosses, whatever. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, some people or managers or bosses might totally get it. I would say like, you know what? do that if that helps you focus on your work because your work is great it's of good quality and you know we like your work we like what you do we like how you work so just do whatever you need to do to focus and you know there might also be other people that say like well we can't give you that at least that's that's what I'm afraid of I've haven't had it because obviously I've been studying more than I've been working <laughs> but yeah um and then there's obviously the sugar addiction um, which I hope I can eventually break. Eventually. <laughs> Hopefully soon. But I might need some other help to be able to break out of that one. <laughs> but yeah. And going back to, you know, obviously this coping mechanism I've been building up ever since I was nine, ever since everything happened. Um, it was a little bit easier, obviously, when I was younger, which is also when, you know, most of the coping strategies have originated from I didn't have that many responsibilities so I had more time to really just do the things that made me feel better getting older hasn't made that easier um I have less time to cope 
um, I had to find work, high school and university uh, came along wanting to try new things, including finding who I am in between, which I'm still working on, by the way. I mean, I'm only 23. <laughs> you know, I made it through it all, but it wasn't without difficulty. My coping mechanism is not perfect. It doesn't work every day, but it does what it has to. It gets me out of bed and I can actually function as a normal of I can actually function as normal as possible. Let's just hope that I can keep doing it like this or let's hope that there will be positive changes and that I might not need everything anymore from this coping mechanism. That was all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you will keep listening to what I have to say. Um, when you have a question for me or you want to let me know what you thought of the episode or if you want me to talk about something specific or anything else, just DM me on Instagram at Ningikivit. Um, there will be a new episode every fortnight on Sunday and you will hear me on the next episode. Okay.